Hi, my name is Christina Nice, and this is the Christina Nice Podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss loss and grief and some of the complexities that are around grief. This podcast aims to set the tone for the launch of my children's book series. I'm going to discuss some hard-hitting topics like loss of a parent to addiction, loss of sibling, grief from loss of a parent, abandonment, trauma, and also discuss hope and restoration, empathy, and overcoming on the journey of grief. Children are the focus of the books and the baseline, but the heartbeat of the Christina Nice podcast is to start the conversation on some hard-hitting topics. So let's start that conversation now. What's up? Welcome to episode nine. It's my first episode in 2021. I, among many, I'm sure, am happy to say goodbye to 2020 and welcome in a new year. Though we aren't past some of the challenges about the pandemic and the life of 2020 has brought us, we are moving towards hope and moving towards a better tomorrow. I do honor and really respect how hard 2020 was for a lot of people, including my family. I had a very challenging pandemic year. Things were very hard for me personally. I went through some valleys and some challenges and had to fully surrender and trust I talk a little bit about that on my Instagram and I feed it through my stories and even the post that is launching this episode nine talks about how a lot can happen in the course of a year and some of the things that happened in my home were directly impacted because of the pandemic, the stress that that puts on families. It puts a lot of stress on people. It's a different dynamic. It's not a normal situation that we've been put in and we have been very brave as humans this year. And so as we move towards the energy of a new year and the promises that are there for us at new starts and new beginnings, it feels good to take the lessons that we have learned. I, for one, have had to learn to surrender. That was probably my biggest lesson in 2020 is to trust and to surrender. And My word for going into 2021 is probably around resilience and empowerment. That is where I'm heading so far. I can feel that energy, but it's not without that really strong lesson that I was shown on surrender from 2020. I'm going to discuss in episode nine, the character development of the children. The first child I'm gonna discuss is the I lost my mom, is a little girl that lost her mom. This is, if it's not obvious, 
a way for me to creatively share how it was for me to lose a mom. And the character is based off of my daughter, Mia. Some of the attributes and development of her character are directly from my littlest one. Mia is an artist. She paints, but she also has a really deep desire to learn. She loves anatomy and bones and doctors and medicine, and she goes around with a little doctor's kit. She also is really quick to stage and do yoga and ask for Reiki and have probiotics and take her vitamins and have a cup of tea, which I find to be fascinating. She seems to be a little blend of Eastern and Western, and she is very interested in spiritual questions and she asks a lot of questions around death and angels and life and purpose and for a four-year-old I am completely floored by this and so with Mia being that way and working with families that have lost children and then knowing children that have lost parents and having these conversations with them I developed the character of the little girl and she's very inquisitive but she has anxiety from the loss the traumatic loss of a parent a lot of children have anxiety that have experienced grief even adults can experience intense anxiety after losing someone. I picked up the audible of anxiety, the missing stage of grief. This is by Claire Bidwell-Smith. She's a licensed um, practitioner. And this is a revolutionary approach to understanding and healing the impact of loss. And she talks about anxiety being the missing stage of grief. And what is really interesting about this book as I'm going through it, I'm thinking, wow, I have anxiety directly related to the loss of my mom. You go through and you take a really elaborate test to see which you fall under. Are you generalized? Is it because of loss? And my favorite takeaway so far from this book is when she talks about the stages of grief. Those actually were not written for people that have lost a loved one. They were written for people that were dying. Okay, so we haven't really in the therapeutic world, in the lost world, in the grief, whatever you want to call it, the world that we're in, we have not really dealt with the stages of loss and how it affects people. All we know is that grief affects people differently. And so when we take these seven stages, which are amazing, denial, I mean, the things that you go through, you bargain, they're actually for the person that's dying. That's who that was written for. And when that light was shed on that for me, it was almost like it lit up the whole room for me. Because I watched 
my mom go through those stages. I've watched parents of small children go through those stages. I've watched the people who are dying that I've been close to, my brother, go through those stages. I remember the bargaining stage when my brother Tommy started to get really sick and the chemo was so aggressive and just beating his body. And so I got that from that book, Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Greece. And it is fascinating to me that we still don't know that much about the impact of grief that we're just starting to scratch that surface when there are two definites in life. You're born and you die. Those are for sure and they've always been, but we don't want to touch it because it's a messy topic. But anyway, so the young girl is based on the personality of my little Mia, loving dinosaurs, loving animals, and just asking a lot of questions, and even the spiritual questions. And this is how the writing of Coyote, who works like the therapist, the fox, who's really clear. The fox sets really clear boundaries and has a lot of empathy. And then the wolves, they come alongside and instantly befriend the child who has abandonment. But the little girl in I Lost My Mom develops a really strong connection to the honey badger. National Geographic has labeled the honey badger as the bravest animal in the world. That is fascinating for a little badger. But it's true. And it's interesting, bees can't sting the honey badger, and I'm allergic to bees, so I'm fascinated by that. The skin is so rough that even a big dog or a wolf has a hard time killing it. It's even fought lions in Africa. There are some honey badgers that have fought lions. And um, porcupines, when they shoot their needles, when they shoot out, they can't penetrate the skin of the honey badger it's so rough and it gives a different idea to this thick-skinned notion that you hear and I'm just obsessed with this honey badger I want to be friends with the honey badger I wish one was around my house to protect me but they're fearless and they represent um, the trauma, but the resilience. When we see the honey badger coming, the person that has overcome trauma, we see a courageous and fearless animal that is hard to kill. And so the bravery of the honey badger really connects to the little girl in the Lost series. And the little girl has anxiety. The sibling series that talks about the loss of the sibling, the young boy, is based a lot on my son Maxwell. My son is very deeply empathetic, but he gets anxiety. He has anxiety. He'll actually verbalize it. My belly hurts. I'm getting anxious. He gets really anxious, and so the honey badger is sort of a lot for... (laughs) 
the little boy in the series that has lost the sibling. He connects a lot stronger with the wolves and the yoga and the meditation and the wolf pack being a part of a family and feeling safe and protected. And the little girl that lost the mom really relates strongly to the honey badger. And then in the young child, in the character development of the young child that has lost a parent to addiction, the inspiration on that unfortunately is there's about seven young boys that I know that have lost a mom or a dad to overdose. And that little boy is almost a tribute to that loss and the young child in the addiction connects immediately to the bear because the mama bear is able to show empathy and at the beginning of the story the mama bear just breaks down essentially at the loss and the tragedy of the overdose the sudden loss and so when i am developing these children in my character development and i'm writing about them all of them have trauma and anxiety there's a little bit of work around depression that starts to set in in the deep dark forest and they work through that. But it doesn't settle to the place where it's complete woe. And one of the books that I have picked up to look through that was given to me by my brother who's a um, mental health counselor, my brother Mark, is this book called Dragon Warriors. It's stories and therapeutic tools to overcome anxiety. And it talks about generalized anxiety, OCD, social anxiety, panic, separation anxiety, mutism, phobia, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And it really demonstrates some techniques that are most effective in solving even the worst anxiety issues. And it's really interesting as I'm going through this, I'm using some of these tactics in my home right now for Maxwell and Mia because this pandemic, they don't see their friends, they don't go to school, they can't really see family, they have to wear masks. Um, they can't touch things when they go out. They can't hug people that they're used to hugging. And so we talk about a little bit of woe that sets in. And that's in this Dragon Warriors. If you haven't looked at it, it is wonderful. It's really well done. But they talk about this dragon. They break them down. There's like the mute dragon and then the woe dragon. And the woe dragon comes in after the post-traumatic stress disorder. It sets in. It's this sense of woe. And there is this sense of woe. There's an area in the forest. And I got it from this Dragon Warrior Therapeutic Tools. Um, from knowing how children, there's this sense of, of distress and woe. Because in the forest, they have to learn to regulate back they have to learn they have to learn how to regulate their emotions emotional regulation is so important for young children but they have to learn how to regulate walking out of the forest they have to continue to live their life they have to continue to 
go out into the world and be a human being. They can't just roll over and not continue to live. And so there's this place where this sense of woe comes in and then this resiliency is birthed in the forest. And you'll see in the development of the forest, which I'm going to talk about in episode 10, you're going to see these areas where they move through. And these are some of the areas that I've picked up as stages of grief not the stages that we're all used to hearing because I just found out in my study of grief and my diving in a little deeper to topics like anxiety and the connection to grief this fascinating fact that that was written for the living that was dying not for those that have lost and so in the forest, I'm really dialing in on some of these areas where you're going to move from woe and anxiety to peace and mindfulness and being able to create altars or put photos together or honor them in the way that's really special to the child. And then they're given some tools and what's interesting about the tools that they're given it doesn't take away from the loss that they've experienced or the pain but it gives them the tool that this is a part of life that death is a part of life and it's almost this empowering feeling that this is something that happens to everyone and so the birds in particular the sparrows in North America you can find a sparrow anywhere you go you can go into the heart of new york city and you can find a sparrow you can be in the middle of the woods and you can find a beautiful sparrow what the sparrows are most known for is their beautiful voices their singing can be heard and it's really recognizable it's like this beautiful song that they have they sing they're so little And I love it. They're little like the honey badger, who's the fearless animal in the world. These sparrows have the most beautiful song that they sing. And they're so little in size, but they have these strong feet for getting seeds and building nests that are lower to the ground, really nice with grass, really stable. And they sing these songs. And every day they have to trust that they're gonna find their seeds and fruit and berries in their food. They don't store food, they have to go day to day. And that trust is so beautiful and they're so resilient. And so the sparrows play a role that they can still sing a song. And in the book, the sparrows share that birds, the mama pushes them out of the nest and they have to learn how to fly. And some of the birds, not all do it the same one of the things that i did at the beginning of the pandemic with my daughter mia was watch these bird cams of live owls and then they then you could you know watch other birds and a lot of the time the mama either leaves and the bird has to learn how to fly and sometimes in this distress this separation anxiety the bird tries to fly out after the mom and then other times they wait And they have this anxiety that the mom's going to come back. And sometimes the mom doesn't come back. I was watching on these bird cams. And so the bird can really relate to 
teaching the child how to fly again after the the mama is gone after the parent is gone and still having a song to sing a voice to share and that comes in this sparrow this brings in this voice that these children have a lot of the time we say oh that that person lost a parent but the voice that they have the resiliency the strength the things that they do they we talked about it in the honey badger episode people with trauma if they can heal that trauma they turn around and they want to help other people with trauma it's like an extending of a hand back the mentorship and all of these beautiful things that can come out of really challenging times and adversity. And so the sparrow is symbolic during the forest journey and the times of woe and distress. And when they start to move through that with the tools, the sparrows play a really important role. And so that's a little bit about the development of the children. We're going to talk more about that in episode 10 and the development of the forest, a little more on the sparrows and their song and using your voice. Thank you so much for listening to episode nine of my podcast, the first of 2021 and checking out this episode. I'm so glad you are here. I would love your support by subscribing to my podcast, the Christina Nice Podcast. I can't wait to be with you next week. Take very good care of yourselves.